What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. My name is Nick. I'm super excited to get you guys started on today's episode. If you're wondering what Morning Breath is, it's a daily devotion where one of our pastors and a co-host read a chapter chapter of the Bible the night before, come in the next day, and read it on air with you guys, whether that's on YouTube, Spotify, or on the radio. I'm super pumped to tell you, we've got a lot going on at East Coast, and you can find all of that information on our app. Just look up the East Coast app, or you can go to our website at eccc.us to find out everything that's going on at East Coast. If you're wanting to dive more into Morning Breath, check out those two places as well. We're just going to go straight into the chapter today. Let's get it. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath. I'm Matt and this is Jessica. What's going on? Hello. Mid-October. Things are going well. We have an exciting thing coming up at church on October 31st, and it is called Candy Palooza. And the premise is really simple. We're just wanting uh, you guys to invite your neighbors who have kids to church. And this year, Halloween, the October 31st, actually falls on a Sunday, which is fun. And uh, we want you to invite your kids or your friends, neighbors, coworkers who have kids to um, come to church. And all you tell them is that you get to, your kids get to wear their costumes. So it's kind of fun. You spend all this money on these costumes and you wear them one time and then they get shoved in a closet, but they actually get a second chance to wear them. And they come and wear their costumes and they're going to come to kids' church and have a blast and get to know Jesus. And then they're going to leave with candy, hence the Candy Palooza. Yeah. It's a new idea that we heard of another church doing and um, really, really well received in their community. It's something they do every year. So it's going to be a new East Coast tradition. So we'd love for you to help us help help reach the people that you have in your sphere of influence. Like we may never meet your neighbor, but God has planted you and positioned you in that place to influence the people around you. And so I'm already thinking about who are the neighbors near us that we're going to invite to church and we're going to say, have your kid wear, your, wear their costume. They're going to have a blast. Yeah. So yeah, it's really good. It's going to be coming up. Anything new with you? Nope. All right. Nothing is new. Awesome. Um, I just want to comment on your skin because I think that this does (laughs) it look good today. It does. It looks really good. (laughs) We comment. I commented on his skin and like the bee venom stuff he uses and all this stuff on one of the weeks where our video accidentally got deleted. So then I had my mom and my aunt. They were all calling me and like, "Where's the video? We want to see it." So anyway, great skin. He takes so much better care of his skin. I feel like when I look at the mirror, I'm like a wrinkly raisin right now. So a wrinkly raisin. I don't see that. All I see is handsomeness. Your skin looks better than mine. I and what do you use? Nothing. I, every once in a while, use stuff. I got stuff. <laughs> every once in a blue moon. I'm so moon. bad at taking care of my skin. Oh my gosh. It's bad. All right. But I got great jeans. Mom. Thanks, mom. Got great jeans. Yeah. Um, we are in First Timothy chapter 2. So we've been in the Old Testament for a long time in the book of Second Samuel. Now we're getting back in the New Testament. And we're in the book of First Timothy. Started last week. So we're going to pick up there. But first... Our question. Our question is, if you were the ruler of your own country, what is the first law that you would introduce? What? It's hmm. a great question. So interesting. I mean, I wrote down what I think your answer would be, if that will help you. What do you think mine would be? I think that you would make, uh, get rid of all traffic lights and install <laughs> roundabouts everywhere. 
Okay, so like I'm taking over a country that already exists? You were the ruler of your own country. What is the first law you would introduce? So like my mind went to like when you start a country, like you have nothing. Like you just, you know. No, it's not like you're, no. It's not like you're finding an island so and like you're like Rockledge, have nothing. If Rockledge was my country. Yes, what, like, what, what or, would you do? What do you think of like, oh man, if I could be in charge, I would make that gosh. thing happen. I mean, freedom of religion, eh. Freedom of speech. <laughs> Those things are already here. I are mean, they, there. But that's the thing. Oh. Not, nothing's here. There's no law. So, yeah, traffic lights. I think you're overthinking those. this. <laughs> Forget re- freedom of speech. Forget freedom of religion. Freedom of all of that. No. No traffic lights. Only traffic circles. I was just and tell why. <laughs> tell your opinion about this. Why? You have deep seated opinions England, about this. You didn't have to wait five minutes in the light and Courtney to turn left. You can. Yeah. You were. There's nothing. You just roundabouts. Go. Yeah. You just go. Here's the thing, though. There, it's very few people that know how to do roundabouts in, in well, the there, U.S. Along with this law, there would definitely be training. Training and, and teaching and mandatory. Of course. Something. Great. Okay, mine. But a serious one, though. I really like this idea. And I don't. I, it, it'd be difficult to pull off, obviously. But. You're the ruler. For drug offenders. I think that. If there was a way for them to get rehabilitation um, versus prison, uh-huh. or their prison time was dependent on their rehabilitation process, um, I think that would be pretty incredible. I, I think I've, I've seen some really cool statistics about, and, and I think we would all agree that ideally for, a, for someone who's taking drugs and goes to jail, I'm not necessarily talking about someone who's selling drugs, mm. but taking drugs and going to jail, I don't think that will fix them. I don't think jail will fix them. In fact, they get drugs in jail. I think what would fix is if they were able to have some training and jail costed a lot of money, something like $80,000 a year for each inmate. What? Uh-huh. More, more than public school costs for um, our kids or whoever's kids are in public That's school right now. crazy. So if you were able to have some format where they could receive voluntary drug rehabilitation mm-hmm. and re-entry into society, that I think could be pretty incredible. Yeah. And I would add to that faith-based because really the hole that they're trying to fill in their soul comes back to a relationship with Jesus. And, so, and many times, including that, a relationship with people. So yes. like... Good community. A lot of people, they don't... Like when they are with people, they don't get drunk. Mm-hmm. They don't... Uh, do do drugs, but when they're not with people, isolation. the isolation yeah. happens, and then point. they get into these addictions. That's where a lot of these things hide in the darkness. Mm. And so, if there's a way for them to enter into community, relationship with God, and this is my country, so of course they have to be <laughs> Christians. Um, they get to be Christians. Yeah. But yeah, I think that'd be an interesting thing. That's cool. I'm impressed. I'll, I'll second law: we'd spend more on kids' education than we do on prison. Oh, that's good law. Good second law. Um, mine would be that everyone has to read an hour a day. I don't know how you would quantify <laughs> that or or like navigate that or make sure that people are doing it, but I just think it's a great rule because A, I want to do that, <laughs> and B, reading is awesome and people don't do enough of it. Yeah. So it's help, it helps everything in your life. Now, when you're talking about drugs, we're not talking about caffeine, right? Caffeine's still legal. You can't legal. go to jail for caffeine. Woo! <laughs> 
Good. <laughs> I'm going to lose your mind if I drink too much caffeine. I have had so much coffee today. Oh my gosh. I woke up at two o'clock AM the other day accidentally and I was wide awake. And so I got up and so I had two cups of coffee and then I worked out and then I had a venti black coffee on top of that. And I was like, why do I have so much energy? Coffee. It's amazing. All right. First Timothy chapter two. I'm going to read it. First of all, then I urge that petitions, specific requests, prayers, intercessions, prayers for others, and thanksgivings be offered on behalf of all people, for kings and all who are in positions of high authority, even people who get a new country, (laughs) (laughs) so that we may live a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This kind of praying is good and acceptable and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who wishes all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge and recognition of the divine truth. For there is only one God and only one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom, a substitutionary sacrifice to atone for all, the testimony given at the right and proper time. And for this matter, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying when I say this, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger and disputing or quarreling or doubt in their mind. Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves modestly and appropriately and discreetly in proper clothing, not with elaborately braided hair and gold or pearls or expensive clothes but instead adorned by good deeds, helping others, as is proper for women who profess to worship God. A woman must quietly receive instruction with all submissiveness. I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet in the congregation. For Adam was formed first by God from the earth, then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman who was led astray and fell into sin. But women will be preserved, saved through the pain and dangers of the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control and discretion. Amen. Amen. I want to start with uh, verses one and two, talking about uh, this urge from Paul to pray. Specific requests is the definition of petitions here. And then intercession is prayer for others. And then thanksgiving be offered on behalf of all people. And then it goes on to say for kings and all who are in positions of high authority so that we may live a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. And I thought it was really cool thinking of the time period. You always have to think of cultural context context of what Paul was saying. Like they were not ruled by people who really were in favor of Christianity. Uh, it was a very tough time um, to be a Christian. And Paul is encouraging them to pray for the kings and all people in position of authority I think it's just a good reminder for us in this day and age to pray for people who are in positions of authority. Pray for your boss. Pray for uh, the local officials. Pray for your pastors. Pray for uh, the government, the president, the vice president. Pray for all of the people in all of the positions of authority um, as God lays them on your heart. Be diligent to do that. I think that... Pray for the owners of Google and Apple and Amazon and all of these corporations. Yes, that are running America. Pretty much. Yeah. Pray for them. <laughs> Seriously. Mean, we need them know. to have a change of heart. We need we need people to rule who are in positions of authority to rule out of um moral like good morals and good values because they'll make good decisions that'll benefit the people versus um if they're walking in their flesh and they're not submitted to the authority of Jesus, then they're going to make decisions based on selfish desires right yeah. mm-hmm. so it's a benefit to us to pray for them and god hears us yeah 
That's right. Yeah. It's good. Um, you know, this is a, this is a very, this chapter is very intense, especially when it talks about women able to teach and have authority in church. And it, when you read this, you're like, wow, um, where you're teaching us right now. I know. I thought of so that. So I'll just say, that. if you don't like that, if you're like, man, then shut this off. Yeah. Like, be done. Okay? Just be done with it. But this isn't as cut and dry as it seems right here. In fact, this is a, the part where Paul talks about women learning from their husbands um, in, here and in 1 Corinthians 14. Um, they, they stand out as like, whoa, women can't lead in church? It stands out as there. This can't mean as a blanket statement, like this is a law, because there are many places in the New Testament where women are heads in churches, where women are prophesying, where women—I uh, mean, which another word for prophesy in another translation is preaching. Yeah, where they're preaching, they're teaching, um, they're taking. I mean, there are many women leaders in the church in the New Testament. I wish I had the list, but there are a lot. There are, there are no, and, and I will admit this, there are no women pastors in the New Testament. But I'll also say there are no male pastors either. You actually can't find one example of a pastor in the New Testament by name. There's not one. They're apostles there are, and prophets. And... Yep. They're bishop, elder. You don't see the title of pastor. You also have to understand that a pastor in America is a lot different than maybe what a pastor would have been in these days because our words mean different things. Yes. We have seven or eight pastors at our church. Only one of them, which would be like, I'm the senior leader, is the pastor of the church, the, the leader, mm -hmm. maybe even the bishop. Like in some contexts, I should possibly be called a bishop over multiple locations. Yeah. Like that might be a more biblical, technical, instead of senior pastor. Yeah. I'm changing my title to Bishop Stahlbaum. <laughs> we have four locations, four congregations, 10 services, an online congregation. Would I be a bishop? Yes, I probably would be. But that's not the language we use. It's not the language we understand. Are women able to prophesy? Yes, according to Jesus, according to Jesus, the Spirit of God was poured out on all flesh. Mm -hmm. You're young men, you're, you're young women, you're old men, you're old women. They're all doing these things. And, uh, you know, so this is a very intense thing. It says she'll be saved in childbearing. And a lot of, a lot of people think that means he's still talking about Eve, that she is Eve. Mm. Nevertheless, Eve will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. So they, like... There's a she and there's a they. And so there's actually a difference in what's talking about right there of she as in most likely Eve would be saved in childbearing. A lot of people actually, a lot of scholars believe that talking about eventually Jesus will come through her lineage yep. in that part. It's a very tough portion of scripture. And there are some other very tough portions of scripture where you're like, like even when Paul was talking about the Gentiles, he's like, we got three rules for the Gentiles. It's like, don't eat anything with blood in it, no sexual immorality, and another one I can't remember right now. That's it? Those are the three rules for Gentiles? Which, I'm a Gentile. Yeah. And I break the eat the, eat the blood. I've broken the eat the blood one a few times, you know, like, right? And so, 
there are definitely some cultural leaps that we, you know, we can't, we have a hard time accepting in this culture and day and age. And we don't believe that this is, we're doing anything uh, inappropriate. For instance, um, women uh, adorn themselves in modest apparel, not braiding their hair. This, this is not a law for women for all of Christianity, that they can't braid their hair, that they can't have gold, that they can't have costly clothing, they can't have pearls. Any woman that says women can't preach in church or teach in church and takes this as authority and law must also stop wearing gold, costly clothing, and braiding their hair if they believe in context that Paul means a woman can never teach or preach in church. They, they've got to also do that. Yeah. Jessica spoke at church uh, three was, weeks ago, did yep. an incredible job. And I, I've heard there was a few people that complained about that. And I do understand. And, and there are churches that do believe that women uh, can't be pastors. And I'm okay with them believing that. And I'm okay with the people that believe that to attend those churches. And that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. You know, um, great. Then attend a church that believes that. Attend a church that accepts that. But then I would also challenge you, are you wearing costly clothing? Do you buy all your clothes on the Walmart sales rack or the thrift store? Or do you wear clothing that costs a lot of money? Like, yeah, maybe, maybe you do. Are you wearing gold? Do you braid your hair? For shame, you know? <laughs> so there's something called the law of scriptural interpretation. And that says that every scripture must be interpreted in the light of what other scripture says on the same subject. It must harmonize with all other scripture. And that is you have to look at scripture as a whole. You have to look at what was happening in the time. You have to look at, we don't know. A lot of people say that it was talking of one woman. Like we're translating this from a different language into a modern language. And there's not like some people say that the woman as actually is a wife of somebody. They also say that the fact that Paul encouraged the woman to ask questions later is because women weren't offered the opportunity for education in that time period. And so they had a lot of questions and they were very ignorant about some things. And that I would the, even put it that most women probably couldn't read. Yeah. Like the same opportunities that we have today were not available to them. And so the fact that he was even encouraging them to ask questions later was to keep order in the service. But then it was like, you were encouraging women to get educated. Like that was very huge back then. That was very, very big. So I want to give two um, resources that have really helped me and have helped a lot of people. And one of them is by Kenneth Hagan. And it's a little book. It's like 75 pages. And I actually read it this morning. Um, someone sent it to me. And it was written in 1975, I think. And it's called The Woman Question. And one thing that he said in there, um, it's, it's really good, really easy to understand. Um, he says that when you are looking for gold, like panning for gold, you can skim on the top of like the water, let's say in a creek, and you can get gold dust or like little bits. But when you really want to get gold, you have to dig for gold. And that is what you have to do in the word of God. You have to dig into the word and see it again, the law of scriptural interpretation. You have to see it as a whole. And you can't say that Jesus said that we'll prophesy, women will prophesy. And you see, I think, who was the prophetess? Uh, was it Phoebe? I can't remember the name of her. Um, 
And then you can't say, but she can't prophesy or whatever. There was something else in Kenneth Hagin's book. And I have one other resource, so I don't want to forget to give you that too, but I took a screenshot. So he's giving an example of like, uh, someone came to him and said, women can't um, preach or prophesy. Women shouldn't, oh, women shouldn't teach men. Someone said, well, Paul, mean, Paul means that women should not teach men. And then it says, Priscilla and Aquila were Paul's companions in whom he had great delight. And Priscilla, a woman, taught Apollos. In Acts 18.26, it says, and he, Apollos, began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. So this guy, Apollos, was speaking in the synagogue. Afterwards, they took him to into their home and they... Priscilla and Aquila, a married couple, taught Apollos, continued to, continued to teach him. So then this guy argued, well, it's all right to teach one man, some might argue. If it's all right to teach one man, it's all right to teach a dozen. That would be like arguing it's all right to steal one dollar, but wrong to steal five. Okay, well, they can teach all right anywhere else but in church. Who said? They were having church. The three were gathered in his name. Jesus didn't specify where they had to be gathered. So... It's really fascinating. The other um, really good resource is called Why Not Women? And this was rec recommended to me. I was in a small um, Q&A session with Christine Kane, and this question came up, and she goes, read this book, Why Not Women? It's by a guy named Lauren Cunningham, L-O-R-E-N. It's a man, Lauren Cunningham. He is the founder of YWAM, which is Youth for a Mission. They have 20,000 full-time employees and he is the first missionary to make it to every single country in the in the entire world so he has seen the context of women leading in more ways than maybe anyone and the book is really really powerful and incredible yeah so you're ending with that thought that, that's the end of all the beautiful things you just that said. was wasn't that good that was like where do i go <laughs> tell us more i don't know tell yeah Let, well you want to keep talking about tell that or you want to talk about a different verse there's lots of other good stuff in this chapter. Um, yeah, let's talk about a different verse. Okay. Verse three, and this is going to be brief, but I just love, wait, verse three? Oh, no, verse four. Yeah, verse four. Talking about Jesus. Oh, I like this verse a lot. Yeah, and it says, who wishes all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge and recognition of the divine truth. In this chapter, there are two verses that, like, mess with people one is that women shouldn't teach and the other one is that everyone god's desires everyone should be saved really and that messes with a whole yes. segment of people that believes yep. that uh that god is completely sovereign even in who receives salvation and they are the uh once saved always saved i believe camp that um you can't lose your salvation yeah. uh and that the reason why you're not saved is and you die a sinner is because God knew that you wouldn't accept it in any way. Predestination, right? Predestination That's what that camp. Is. This is so. This is a really fun chapter that just like messes with everybody. I feel like you know what I didn't there. even know that was a thing. Predestination, and then I was reading in some devotion, and it mentioned that like, and I was like, what? Like, how can you tell me that it is already decided who gets saved and who doesn't? What is the point? Like, what does it matter what I do? What does it matter that we're trying to reach people for Jesus? Like, what? nothing matters. Like, I was so disturbed. I was asking, we were on a cruise, and I was like, read this. What does this mean? And then you were talking about just these different, like, camps of Christian thought and belief. And I'm like, I will never understand that. I'll just say that. Yeah. 
there is that Jesus desires that all men come to the salvation of knowledge of him. And I think we can even sometimes wonder like the world feels so crazy right now. And what is happening? Like God desires, like he tarries, this is an older word. Like he tarries, Jesus is coming back to get his church and he is taking his time. He desires that all men would be saved. Yeah. What this really does is it, it brings up the complicated question of free will versus sovereignty of mm -hmm. God and where is our responsibility in salvation and where is his? And this is so complicated because we're not cherry picking this verse because we believe this, that God wants everyone saved, right? Right. And well, we don't believe that other verse that says women can't teach in church. No, we're looking at this verse across the body of scripture. Context. And there are other parts of scripture that make it complicated when it talks about those he, he predestined. And, uh, and is God sovereign over all of us? Has God given a free will to us? Like these, like the Lamb's Book of Life, it's already been written. Like every name that will be saved is in this book. God, part of that is God stands out of space and time. Mm -hmm. And so he's not limited by this timeline unfolding as we are. He sees it from beginning to end. We have no clue how God does this. But, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, would have everlasting life. There is a responsibility of my belief in him. Mm -hmm. When I hear about Jesus, I am now responsi responsible for my choice and belief in that. Your reaction to that information. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And to make it real easy is he's given us all this measure of faith where we could say yes. Mm -hmm. We have to choose to say no. Yeah. He's given us the evidence. Like he makes it so easy. It's like, you want this or this, but here, I'm going to put it in your hand and take it. And it's got everything you ever, ever going to need. This is going to kill you. Which one do you want? And you're like, nah, I want the other pill so I can die. Yeah. That's basically what the Lord does, but he gives us a choice. That's right. Well, that and was fun. And it's in his sovereignty that he's given us that choice. So <laughs> that just links it all together. Anyway. That was a blast. We hope that you guys have a great day and we will see you next week. Yeah. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321 454 4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. 
The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060, extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.